to Orphan Entertainment, a podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media. I'm your host, Christopher, and with me is a woman whose presence is present enough, Lydia. Hey, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, guys. Happy Holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, we are You are listening to a Orphan Entertainment episode unlike any Orphan Entertainment episode that has come to pass yet. Wait, mm-hmm. come to... Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, everyone, for joining me. Lydia, thank you for joining me. I know you're not feeling real well, so I appreciate you trying to uh, trying to fight through this. I'm not. So, guys, I apologize for any coughing or sniffling. The good news is you cannot catch it through radio. Yeah, exactly. I think <laughs> I, I may either have the start of a cold or a little bit of allergies, um, but I think mm-hmm. the, the medication that I am taking so far has uh, gotten me through the day. So as long as that doesn't cop out on me, I should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> We are going to talk, and we're actually going to do a couple commentaries on some short adaptations of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Now, of course, it is the season for something like this. A Christmas Carol is probably one of the most famous holiday films that has been produced. Uh, It is certainly... Over and over. Yes. (laughs) It is uh, Charles Dickens, of course, uh, wrote... The, the Christmas Carol, and it is probably the most adapted uh, of his work. Now, Charles Dickens, for anyone who doesn't know, was born in 1812, and he unfortunately passed away in 1870. So he lived a pretty fair life for that time of uh, for that time of the world. I think that time of the world. I'm really. This is why I usually type and make notes. <laughs> <laughs> that time in Europe. <laughs> For that time in Europe. Very, there you go. Uh, the Christmas Carol is actually written a little bit later in his life. He was. It was written in. It was originally published in London in 1843. So I, I, I guess middle of his life. Yeah. Uh, and as we all know, it was inspired by the Doctor from Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, this is, I have to admit, going into this, this is one of my... Now, this is my favorite holiday film. This may be my only really holiday film uh, that I really like watching. All the others I kind of take or leave. A Christmas Carol is something that I, I just love. It's kind of... It's it's the thing that can actually kind of get me in the mood for Christmas when I'm not in the mood at all. <laughs> yeah, I think up until the time I was probably 20 or 25, I had only seen Mickey's Christmas Carol and the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> so I'm doing a little catching up here. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is a lot of catching up to do. There, Like you said, there has been many, many, many adaptations of this uh, under one name or another. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. just the, you know, kind of taking the story and... There'll be a play on the name of Scrooge is often used, or Scrooged, if you like the Bill mm-hmm. Murray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, the first one we're going to look at today is actually uh, from the silent era. This is the about the third known adaptation, a film adaptation of A Christmas Carol. The first one being in 1901, which was a British film called Scrooge or Marley's Ghost. And apparently that does uh, survive somewhere. I didn't come across it. But uh, apparently that is out there and about. I don't know if it's ever been, like, put to the web or not. There was a 1908 that was produced by Thomas Edison, but that one has been lost. So that one, uh, nothing exists on that one. So this is the second adaptation by Mr. Edison here, or his studio, I should say. I don't think he had (laughs) much to do with it other than maybe uh, having the studio in front and the money. 
It was, as I said, produced in 1910. It's a fairly short film, about 10-11 minutes. It stalls, stars Mark McDermott as Scrooge. Uh, this was actually only his second film, I believe. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty good career, though. Uh, he went through... He worked for about 20 years uh, doing many uh, silent films. He did not make it to the talkie era. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he died rather young of uh, cirrhosis of the liver, which I'm guessing was a pretty common uh, <laughs> reason of death at a the common time. common thing back then. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I didn't realize until I was doing a little research. He's only 30 when he plays Scrooge in this. And mm-hmm. I just took for granted it was an old man, so it's something to look out for when you're watching this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's really all I got. I'm kind of sorry for kind of stumbling through uh, some of this stuff. I, I usually have, like, really nice typed-up notes, and this time I just kind of went through clicking <laughs> web pages. so my apologies. Well, I have a couple quick things. Sure. If you guys are looking for this online, obviously you can watch it at orphanedentertainment.com. Oh, no, on the YouTube page for Orphaned <laughs> Entertainment. Christopher usually does that. <laughs> and... Um, and there are a few different options. There are some old ones that are a bit scratchy and not really well framed. Uh, the one that Christopher and I are posting is cleaned up and has some better title cards. So it's not a bad option. There are some that are truly silent. There are some with music added to them. And Christopher, I think you said that you've added music to our version. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. And that is actually something I want to point out. Um, I don't know how you know some of our listeners, I'm, I'm sure, are very familiar with silent films and others may may not be a silent film would tour from theater to theater and of course it did not have any soundtrack it did not have any music with it Uh, some would have scores that would be written specifically for the film that would travel along with the movie and then the organist or pianist would then play that others it was just up to the theater Uh, the film would come and they would have their house uh, organist and theater who would uh just play whatever uh, maybe sometimes it would go with the film maybe it wouldn't but that's how it would work um, so yes all the silent films there are a few that are truly silent like Lydia said some have had some music added in some have had some incredibly annoying music added in <laughs> uh, the one I posted I did go ahead and replace some music and I just threw in some Christmas Carol type music that was uh, uh, well public domain <laughs> and very easy to easy to use just so you have something to listen to maybe besides our our voice while we discuss it <laughs> so did you have anything else no i'm set to go Alrighty, but i think we're going to take a break first <laughs> we should take a break and we'll play another oh should we go ahead and put a five minute mystery in yes all right well we definitely. will listen to another five minute mystery and a promo for another wonderful podcast and when we get back we will get into 1910s a christmas carol Another five-minute mystery. Johnny Raymond and his organ bring to a close the first program of his new radio series. This is your announcer, James Van Dorn, saying good night to you all.
Horton, you're the director of this show. Would you tell me in your own words exactly what happened when Van Dorn died? Well, Inspector, it was toward the end of the program. Van Dorn reached for the button to put the studio off the air, and then he, he just gasped and fell to the floor. I see. Where were the rest of you when this happened? Well, Taylor and I were in the control room, and Johnny Raymond was at the organ. Are you Taylor? That's right. I'm the studio engineer. Did you notice anything peculiar during the program? Mm, no, sir. I was in the control room most of the time. Most of the time? Well, except for the few minutes when I went into the studio to check the equipment just before going on the air. You noticed nothing out of the ordinary? Mm, no, sir. How about you, Raymond? Well, I was at the organ singing during the whole show. And you didn't see anything either? No. Mr. Van Dorn just pushed a button and then collapsed. Let's take a look at this button. Yeah. Which one was it, Mr. Raymond? Well, I wouldn't know. Kind of new around here. It's this black one here, Inspector. It puts the studio off the air when you... Oh! Yeah, what's a... What happened, Mr. Horton? Well, I don't know. Something pierced my finger. Pierced your finger? Yeah, let me see. Well, well, well what do you know about this? Hey, look here. A little pin sticking out of this button. A pin? Yes, what? and that's not all. You see this stain on the lower half of this pin? If my guess is right, this pin's been dipped in poison. But what poison. does it mean? It means that Van Dorn didn't just die, but was murdered. Murdered? But how? Simple. When Van Dorn went to switch the studio off the air, he stuck his finger on the pin and died immediately. Incredible. But that means anyone could have slipped in here and put that pin there. Hey, you're wrong there, Mr. Horton. It means that one of you three put that pin there. One of us? Yes, Horton. Who? You, Mr. Taylor. You're under arrest for the murder of James Van Dorn. How did the inspector know it was Taylor who murdered Van Dorn? We'll give you the solution in just a moment, but first... Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to... Monster, Monster Kid, Kid Radio. Radio! Hear your host, Derek M. Cook and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classic and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher, or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster, monster Kid, Kid Radio. Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodgson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival. Classic Monsters. Modern Talk. And the head of Rondo Hatton. Only on Monster, Monster Kid Radio. And now for the solution. I murdered Van Dorn. Why, you're crazy. Am I? You said you went out to check all the equipment. If someone else had put the pin on that button, you would have noticed it. Well, one of the others could... No, Taylor. It couldn't have been Raymond or Horton. Raymond's new in the radio business and knew nothing about the board or anything else about this studio. Remember, this was his first radio show. If it had been Horton, he wouldn't have accidentally stuck his finger on it just now. No, Taylor. You were the only possible one. Now, you better get ready to march... We're going to headquarters.
are back. All right, if you have dialed up our YouTube page, you will find A Christmas Carol from 1910. We both have our, Lydia and I both have our pages up. We are at the 000 mark, or thereabouts, I should hope. <laughs> uh, if your autoplay is on, you may have to hit pause real quick if you want to time it with our with the, with the uh, with our comments. But I think uh, we'll go ahead and start this, Lydia. Should we start it on uh, start it on one? Count down from three and start on one. I'm ready. All right, three, two, one. And I'm going to dial down my audio a little bit there so I can hear <laughs> Lydia. Well, it's interesting. This is different music than I've seen before. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brand new experience for me. Yep. Right, here we go. Our first uh, view of Scrooge and Mr. Cratchit in the office of Scrooge and Marley. They skip over the part that's always very uh, prevalent in all the other is the, the idea that Marley is dead. You know, without that, yes. the story means nothing kind of thing. They skipped over that for this one. And I think Dickens says it four or five times in the... Novel. He does. <laughs> Before we ever meet him. Yep. Here is our uh, our charity, our people collecting for charity. Getting the cold shoulder from Mr. Scrooge. I love he, yep. he bows. Yep. Like, Good bye day. guys. Bye bye. And they're like, but wait. <laughs> 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 yes, he was only 30 when he did that. He does look like a much older gentleman. He does. They did a great job with the. Well, I part oh, of I like, probably oh, the, 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 the film the door. Oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looked like he was trying to shut the door, like someone else was trying to come through, like someone was. Those women. Yep. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> nope. And then he just bows and they just go. They don't have to be told twice. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> don't have to say a word. Yeah. And now I feel there guilty. I've done that. No, I haven't. <laughs> I love him shaking oh, his stick at the window. I'm there, assuming like, that's the carolers. I'm, I'm assuming there's that's that's the scene when there's oh, carolers outside. Would be my that guess. That would make sense. And those cleaned up title cards for us. Yes. Now I don't know if the, the the tinting on this if that's original or if that's whoever went and did the title cards. It's not. Yeah. The first one I watched was straight black and white, okay. and I thought it was interesting that they changed the tint. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whether he's in candlelight or not. Yeah. Oh, then I, Marley! I, this this is, I think this is great. 1910 and doing this kind of see-through person. I, I think that's impressive. Yes, I was wondering about that when overlays were first used and if this was early on in that technique. Oh, I had to think so. But it would be just remarkable watching mm. this in a theater and not ever having seen a ghost, right. you, you know, on the screen. And you can obviously tell that these two actors aren't in the same frame. They're not acting together. They're obviously doing their roles separately, and then they're, the, the film itself is married together because their, their eye line is off. Their reactions to each other are off slightly. Did a statue just ra randomly? I think appear? that's the first ghost. That's if we jumped. Ah, there we go. Okay. There, there so is confused. no going to bed in this one. No. Nope. No. This is the ghost of Christmas past. I was again. I was kind of impressed with how they framed it so that they have space over on the side mm -hmm, to have mm -hmm. those flashbacks. Yeah. No, it's really neat. Yeah, in this version, Scrooge doesn't travel outside of his bedchamber. It all kind of comes to him. It's all visions of, of things of the past and present. That, that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, I like the I little dance. I love shoving him out the door. <laughs> 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 I 
And then I do like, I think you notice in this, over time he slowly gets more and more involved mm-hmm. in the story. Well, I like that, you know, when he seeing his old girlfriend, he looks rather mournful. And now, of course, mm-hmm. we're seeing the party at Fezziwigs. And you actually see him starting to kind of cheer <laughs> up a little bit. I thought, no, it's Fozziewicz. <laughs> Case in point, that's that, no, it is Fezziewicz. That's that Muppet Christmas Carol coming through. <clears throat> and I love him just, like, getting so excited and dancing around. Yep. And then it goes and then away. Oh. And then this oh, is a part, right. I think we'll probably cover it in the next version. But you're right, there are some different, some major differences between mm-hmm. these two versions. Oh, yes, this is when him and, and, and Fan, was that his, his girlfriend? Fiance? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, rats! I feel like there are mice sneaking around. <laughs> <laughs> and nutcrackers. I love he starts to take his thing off, but yep. then next comes the ghost. ghost? He doesn't get the oh, chance yeah. to. His house coat. We're reading, in case you're wondering why there's sudden yes. silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. I, I think they do a good job doing the pantomime through this, you know. And you see mm-hmm. Mrs. Cratchit saying, "No, no, I'm not going to drink to him." And oh, they do. A thing. No, no, it's a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I've often wondered how much script is really written for the silent film. Isn't that interesting? I mean, there must they be must something. Have a certain amount. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I would love to actually get a hold of scripts from silent films and read them. Oh, I think that'd be fascinating. It would. Assuming they existed at all. Now, this is interesting. This is, a, this is something I... It's been forever, if ever, I've read the novel, and I don't remember this, the idea of that his, his nephew being poor and being rejected because of it. I've not seen that in any other version. Yeah, me neither. To the, my best memory, he's already married. Right, he's already married, and he's all, and yes, he's poor, or maybe not as well off as Scrooge, and he doesn't care. And I think that plays better than being, you know, rejected because he's poor. I like this Scrooge. Wait, I've got some money here. Take it. Mm-hmm. And again, he's getting a little bit more and more mm-hmm. drawn into the story. Oh, yep. Want and misery. The children. The poor children, the poor beggars. I'm a little sad they didn't show the kids' faces. Yeah, they don't, he goes into don't get to see much of detail. that. No. I wonder how much of this film has kind of been chopped in order to kind of steady it, maybe. And I wonder mm-hmm. maybe we're losing something there. Yes, he's already beginning to see the uh, error of his ways yeah. but he's not done yet I kind of want to sing along <laughs> <laughs> yeah unfortunately this does unfortunately this music is maybe a little too cheery for the uh, ghost of Christmas to come <laughs> maybe for <laughs> <laughs> oh I like it you actually see Scrooge's death here and I, I, I love he sees her like looking kind of surprised and then he's like oh great and then she takes the ring mm-hmm. and he's like Oh, good, well, good Lord is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. And there he sees his gravestone. My grave? No! <laughs> Snap. 
That was actually pretty good. The, the snap and the pass through. That was done pretty well. Yes. Well, and if there was a script at this point, it says he swoons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a new Christmas carol. Huh. I do like these boys. It mm -hmm. makes me wonder who they are and why they're hanging yeah. out on Christmas morning yeah. together on the do, street. Do you think they're maybe hanging out there knowing it's Scrooge's place, figuring it's just going to annoy him? <laughs> they're actually just as surprised as anybody when he comes out and wishes them Merry Christmas? <laughs> I love how happy he is to oh, see this his is great. Curtains. No, he does a fantastic little jig. <laughs> and he hears music. You know he hears music. I love it. There's that change. Here we go. Woo! I do like in this one that they show these boys. Mm-hmm. And off goes Fred. Hmm. Oh, I like he actually kind of looks a little ashamed when they first come up. Yes. Well, and I like they pull their coats around like they're expecting him to give them a cold shoulder. You right. Know? I wonder what he whispers. I have some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for me for being such a jerk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe in the book he says, come by my office tomorrow and I'll give you more. Oh. I like that. Oh, so he's, he's playing the joke. He's being the little the prankster there when he starts out, when oh, he first yeah. starts talking to Fred. He's... <laughs> and I love that she starts to walk away. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, this guy's just going to be mean to you. Right. Ha, ha, <laughs> I'm laughing what? about it. Is this for real? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's for real. I love it. Oh, and she gives him a big yes. old hug. Oh, it brushes off the sleeve. That's so cute. Yes, so she doesn't get her hand dirty. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, who, who could that be? Bob Cratchit, why aren't you at work? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it out the window. Oh, uh -oh, I've got him. be a Scrooge. <laughs> oh, and then he starts laughing. Yeah, I love Cratchit. Oh, and my then... God, he's gone insane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quick, give me something to defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with a shovel. <laughs> now, I do question how good a raw goose is on Christmas morning. <laughs> that might take a little longer to cook. I don't know. Well, the good news is it's not frozen. So that's true. Right that's away. true. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm he's crying. crying. I cried when I watched this the first time. <laughs> oh, ah. There we go. The end. There are a few quick jumps, which are apparently in all the ones, all the versions I saw have those goofy yes. jumps in the end. <laughs> Me as well. All right. So that was the okay. 1910. A Christmas Carol. It was good. I mean, what did you... I don't need to go any for, like, ratings or anything like that, but what did you think of the, the production? I thought as far as so the production values and everything for the, for the time, I think it really... It was really nice. I agree. I think, um, you know, this is obviously around the same time that they're doing some of the other famous, you know, films that have still sets and people chasing each other one direction and the other direction across the screen, and then they were able to use more of their shots to do those flashbacks. I feel like it they, It was done extremely well for the time period. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those that even if you don't love this story, it's worth seeing if you enjoy film 
just, it, you know, like watching, you need to watch a Chaplin film. You need to watch, you know, a few different things just to have an idea of where we came from. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the one. I think this is one of them. Yeah, I think it's a film that really shows a great um, a use of probably what was a small budget. You could yes. you couldn't have all the sets. You couldn't you know go and travel to oh let's go see what a school looked like. Let's go see. You couldn't do all that. So it was like they brought it to the bedchamber, and it was could just be mm-hmm. somebody in an empty room that they can just sort of overlay over the what was you know the uh, the bedroom set. So I thought yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic job on that. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think you want to go ahead and jump right into our the, the next film. Yeah, I'm ready. This one should be fun, folks. This is a 1949 uh, version, a television adaptation of A Christmas Carol. And I'm going to talk a little bit while we go through the credits. We're going to go ahead and get ready to play this here. We're, again, on our uh, Orphan Entertainment uh, on YouTube channel. We're at the 000. And we will start in 3, 2, Play. Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol. Now, this was produced for television. I think it was sponsored actually by Magnavox. And it was made to be syndicated, uh, so it could be shown on any number of networks. It was kind of a promotional thing more than anything. Ah, Vincent Price, everyone. Did I mention it was narrated (laughs) by Vincent Price, folks? (laughs) Ha ha! Say that as a surprise. The song that they're doing in this in the background, um, it may, you know how as you pick up a little more knowledge here and there, you think of another movie you've seen and go, I wonder if oh, that's look, a look, tribute. Oh, look, look, Ebenezer Scrooge, they misspell his name. Oh, did they? <laughs> <laughs> now I'll have something to say about Mr. Holmes as we get into this. Carols by the Mitchell Choir Boys. That's who you're hearing in the background there. And they give you plenty of time to read this all. I think they, <laughs> they, they pad this out a little bit for, I mean, they're taking a big story and condensing it into under a half an hour. And then they pad it out with this uh, beginning yeah. credit. So really, it's only probably maybe 20 some minutes of story. Yeah. That being said, adapted and directed Arthur Pearson, I think he did a pretty nice job of doing the what he had to cut and snip in order to fit it in this time frame. I think he did a pretty good job. I as agree. We will Bringing see. in Vincent Price was, I think, a stroke of genius. Oh, absolutely. And can I just say, if I could grow a goatee, this is the goatee <laughs> I would grow. But I still wouldn't be. Me too. <laughs> I, I still wouldn't be as cool as Vincent Price as with, a, with this <laughs> Nobody's goatee. Nobody's as cool as even Vincent Price isn't as cool as Vincent Price. <laughs> like sunlight. And this thing enjoys Charles Dickens. Before I tell you about I love this quote Carol, mm-hmm. by G.K. Chesterton, phenomenal writer. Wrote about this story. I have endeavored in this ghostly little story to raise the ghost of an idea which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly. I love that. <laughs> Little quote from Charles Dickens there. I like it. May it haunt your houses pleasantly. Did Scrooge know that he was dead? Of course he did. 
Ebenezer Scrooge and he had been partners for. It's so hard to talk over. Vincent I know. Price. I'm just gonna say this is actually probably maybe this is a bad idea because I have a hard time trying to talk over Vincent Price. I just want to listen to him. Exactly. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, but he was a tight-fisted old sinner, hard and sharp as flint. Hearing this from Vincent Price instead of Gonzo is just a whole different, a whole different game. <laughs> Matt Smith. <laughs> I love that everybody in this English village is American. This is not. <laughs> I am not thrilled with the way this man speaks. I, I wonder too if that's him or if that's his character. Yeah. Every idiot that goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own. He sounds like he's been nipping at the brandy or something. I actually thought that too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to be a total riff tracks here. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's worth noting that he is actually 70. So we went from a 30 year old to a 70 year old. Okay. Well, completely different. Well, see, I actually he looks good for 70. I wouldn't have picked him as being that old. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that Sounds little reaction. Sounds like a TV show. <laughs> What's that? Like, it sounded like Bob Hope or something. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Bob. <laughs> Gotta like that. Five o'clock. Oh, time to shut down. Yeah, I have to give him credit for not running towards the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish my business was that, uh, you know. Oh, time to leave. Sure. <laughs> I'm sorry, but does he not look like Matt Smith? He actually does at this angle. You're mm-hmm. right. That's crazy. I didn't think about it. I, I think it's unusually kind of Scrooge to bring up having Christmas off. Yep. I don't know if that's in the story or the other way around. I've, it's In all the adaptations I've seen, it's him being kind of put off by the whole idea. But whether he brings it up or cratch it, I'm not sure. I'm sure that changes. Depending on if it's Kermit saying it or not. Yeah. Scrooge had taken his melancholy dinner at his usual melancholy tavern, and having read all the newspapers, he went home to bed. I do love that they bring the witty chunks of Dickens' writing into this. Mm-hmm. There are really funny comments. Oh, absolutely. Marley is dead these last seven years. Yes, don't forget that. Dead is <laughs> Now, see, this that's something interesting. Uh, the silent version actually did the ghost and the door knocker. This one does not. Yes, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. For for the sake of time, I imagine. Yes, exactly. I think that's what's most fascinating about watching any of these. Because there's so many adaptations, it's kind of fascinating to see what is kept and what has decided to, to go you know, yeah. between one version and another. Yes. I love he just lights the one candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Candles cost money, Lydia. Yes, they do. And now this is... I'll get ready for this. This, I'm... I, that is impressive. <laughs> I agree. 
for as low a budget, 1949 TV budget, I think that was done really well. I agree. And he looks rightly disturbed. He looks more like a, <laughs> uh, a vagrant coming in off the street, but the chains maybe are a little much. No, no ghostly look on the ghosts in this one. No, once they're in the room, they're in the room. Mm -hmm. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your own senses? I don't know. That giant lock. Yeah, I love it. Because a slight disorder in my I love this part. Any advocation that actually throws in the idea that Scrooge thinks this is just an upset stomach. Yes. There's more gravy than grave of you. That's from a... Yes. That's not in this version, sorry. That's in a line of another version. Yeah, in several other versions. I am wondering how he makes that thunder sound. <laughs> and I did write the sound of thunder in my notes, mm -hmm. and I thought, ha awful movie. <laughs> so much fun to watch if you're looking for a bad movie. They both sound a little mm -hmm. sideways. Yes. <laughs> yes, we just missed them describing that these are the chains we forge in life. <laughs> yes. You will be haunted by three spirits. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls, bell tolls one. one. <laughs> I love this is again a little bit of humor. Mm -hmm. It's like you can tell Dickens is trying to keep it a little bit on the light side. Yeah. Now this is interesting too that they um <laughs> they, they, they go ahead, they, they do the it's gonna take three nights is what Marley's telling him, but obviously it, yes. it does not, and I don't think any adaptation. If that's what is in the novel, uh, it's skipped. Here comes another really great door fade. Love it. Actually, I think that one's not as good as the first one, but it's still really good. <laughs> well, I love him saying, "Can I get it all over with at once?" <laughs> <laughs> but I think in every adaptation, in the end, of course, he it is in one night because he gets to enjoy Christmas. So. Yes. I don't know I if that's, that's something that they just decide to cut out that they don't need to explain, or... That's a good question. Oh, I love this. It would be like... Being very much in need of repose from the experience he had undergone, or shall I say, fatigues of the day, he went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep in an instant. A few hours later. We maybe could have cut out a few clicks. Oh, there we go. <laughs> now it's one. Now, I am not impressed with the ghost of Christmas past. Are you the spirit whose coming was foretold to me? I am. And I can't act at all. What are you? 
<laughs> He's supposed to be a child, so it's so interesting that they get this guy with this deep voice. Well, and every, and I think just about every other adaptation I've ever seen, the Ghost of Christmas Past. It, well, no, maybe the Christmas Present is the cheerful one. So maybe I'm just kind of I'm, I'm putting the the wrong on the wrong ghost. He just still seems too stoic. I did look it up, and it does say three nights. Yeah. Okay. Second at the next night at the same hour, the third upon the next I night. I think uh, a lot of adaptations kind of narrow it down and just say stroke of one, stroke of two, stroke of three, or something mm-hmm. like that. Follow me. The ghost of Christmas past led Scrooge down the road which he had forgotten for so many years. He showed him a Christmas day in the past, which was a happy one for most children, but not for one lonely schoolboy. Ebenezer Scrooge. He does have a nice voice. Yes. I, 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 you know that boy? I would take that voice. <laughs> you could be in the radio. You could be on the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have a completely different persona on the radio. I see again the difference in, in adaptations, the difference in films. They actually do sort of like a, a traveling. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting how they just keep it to a minimum. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe, and we'll, well, I guess I'll find out as we keep watching, that they don't interact with the environment. They're always kind of like on the black and they're they're seeing things. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had friends. <laughs> oh, you do Family. want friends. <laughs> this is interesting. What is the matter? There was a boy singing a Christmas carol on the street last night. I should have liked to have given him something, that's all. Shall I show you another Christmas? I wonder if that's in it as well. Mm. I don't remember hearing that ever. Yeah, and that's that's an awfully quick turnaround. I actually don't really like the idea of him doing that quick of a turnaround. Well, it does definitely I mean, show it's, that he it's gradual. is remembering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's gradual. It's not like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm Mr. Christmas or whatever, but... Yeah, and then they just totally skip his engagement. Right. Oh, again, so he, fantastic to listen to him. Mm-hmm. He has this mellifluous voice. So we're at 1 a.m. again. So is it another night or further time travel? <laughs> yeah, in the book? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and then again, it begs the whole question, is this all a dream? Yeah. Did this really happen to him? Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little like Peter Pan or Prince John maybe yeah now this one I definitely don't like their ghost of Christmas past I, I always thought he was supposed to have a beard and I learned a lesson which is working now tonight if you have ought to teach me let me profit by it touch my robe that is a powerful robe it is. <laughs> I need a thundering mm-hmm. robe now. Now this is the. I, I'm sorry. I kind of misspoke before. This is the ghost I really have a problem with because this is the ghost of Christmas Present. This is this is supposed to be the ghost that's cheerful and happy, and this yes. guy looks like he's a like getting going to a funeral. Well, and the reason is because he doesn't bring all that good stuff to eat like he's supposed to. No wonder he's grumpy. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> he just shows up exactly. <laughs> yeah, and where's that really great? That's one of the 
things I the you you mentioned the Muppet Christmas Carol. I yes. love the Ghost of Christmas Present and the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. Come in, man. Come in and know me better. <laughs> Now, one of these young ladies, one of uh, Bob Cratchit's daughters, is actually a very young Jill St. John. She was an actress who would grow up and actually be a Bond girl, Tiffany Case, in Diamonds Are Forever. Wow. I count that uh, his wife is the voice for Princess in uh, 101 Dalmatians, the original one. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. She did a whole bunch of different things, mostly as bit pieces Mm -hmm. in Disney, but she was in a... Fine. He told me coming home that he was glad he'd been to church because it's pleasant to remember that the day is called Christmas after he who made the lame to walk and the blind to see. Ooh, rum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I assume. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> spiced. Spiced. Yeah, it should be a spiced rum, maybe. Um, yeah, I'm a bit sad for Tiny Tim in this, in this scene. Sure. Everybody else gets spiced rum. Mr. Scrooge, I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon. Mm-hmm. Here it's Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, when one drinks the health of such sure. a stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. My dear, I love that. Uh, and all the adaptations in in the novel, I'm assuming then too that she is a an annoyed woman. <laughs> yes. Well, and protective, presumably, oh, sure. of her husband. Yes, yes, and yes. And everybody else gets to drink, but Tiny yeah, Tim. Yeah, where's mine? Looks no sad. wonder he's crippled. That's, I know. No food. I wonder, too, why Scrooge is so concerned about Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is in the book. It's yeah. All of them. Well, I think it works better when you have more experiences with the other ghost. Mm, that would make sense. Ah, oh, the pointing finger. Oh, yes. I, I'm glad they did, you know, the swathed dark ghost mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. the future. Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. He has that warble in his voice. Mm-hmm. Lead on. And then he's just like, yeah, come on. Oh, wait, that's far enough. Here, look at that. <laughs> it would have been interesting to have seen them interacting again. Mm-hmm. As, as you mentioned, since they don't. Yeah, I rather like the uh, unrelated. the idea of them being in the room and no one can see them. So yes. they can sort of interact and uh, like... Like we saw with uh, Scrooge dancing at the Fezziwig party or yes. yeah, that sort of thing. They're so sweet. Rather. Oh, that, yeah, that hurt. That was a burn. Straight to the heart. I think I said that when I was in Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) 
and more pointing. Mm. I don't know much about it either. I only know he's dead. When did he die? Last night, I believe. What had he done with his money? I haven't heard, <laughs> but he'll have no use for it where he's going. It's likely to be a cheap funeral. For upon my life, I don't know anyone to go to it. Except Fred. Yeah, maybe. Volunteer. When I come to think of it, I'm not at all sure that I wasn't his most particular friend. <laughs> or we used to stop and speak whenever we met. I, I like that. Going to his funeral if lunch is provided. <laughs> <laughs> we were close friends because he'd speak to me when we passed. Yes. <laughs> and I'll go to his funeral if it's catered. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love this point. Mm. It's so random. Wait, wait. Ooh. And oh, really I love down. it. I, that is awesome. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> Look straight down at your feet. Uh, yep, look at that. Kneezer. Spells wrong again? Yeah. I think there's two E's. I don't think there's two E's in Ebenezer. I am not the man I was. Show me I yet may change the shadows you have shown me. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. Tell me I may sponge away the writing on this stone. On this floor. Wait, where am I? I do like that. Mm -hmm. but... And again, so happy to see his bed curtains. <laughs> it's a running thing. <laughs> What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the creepy laugh. I love it. The off-camera shouting child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 the creepy laugh. Yes. <laughs> 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 for a man who had been out of practice for years, Scrooge gave a most illustrious laugh. I like that. The father of a long line of brilliant laughs. <laughs> brilliant laughs. I love that. Great line. And again, I just I think Dickens is just brilliant with this phrase. He is. <laughs> I I do like his his version of merriment i kind of just it's a, more playful than than you see sometimes <laughs> i love that he brings presents mm -hmm. for each of the kids yep mm -hmm. except of course tiny tim he doesn't get one no It is lacking a coal shovel to swing at. Yes. <laughs> he went to church. Must be a miracle. He doesn't yeah, seem to be the type of person that would go to a church. <laughs> He's going to We're going to be friends. <laughs> well, he didn't have any friends when he That's was a boy. That's true. He's out of practice. He is with... out of practice. Yeah. <laughs> he did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim... Did not die. Yay. Oh, I he love how he says that. <laughs> Scrooge had no he further not dealings die. with ghosts, but it was always said that he knew how to keep Christmas well. 
if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May it truly be said of us. He looks so young. Mm. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us. Everyone. 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 <laughs> the boys choir yes. uh, quite good that is a fun one I, I mean obviously I, I have some issues with it um, I'm not crazy about the acting on the uh, the ghost of Christmas present uh, the ghost <laughs> of Christmas past is okay I guess but the, compared to the ghost of Christmas present who is just I think just not quite right and there is so much that is cut out um. Yes. I mean, obviously they needed to condense, and I understand, I get it, but I I think they cut out maybe a little too much. They could have cut back mm. on the credits and put in an extra oh, scene yes. in the past or something. <laughs> oh my. Well, it was interesting looking up all of these actors and actresses that I could find, mm-hmm. and uh, the women, the main main build women, went on to act until the fifties and sixties, most of them. Mm-hmm. And the men all seem to end at, at around the 20s. Mm. They all had the cirrhosis of the liver. <laughs> there yes. you go, Jill Oppenheim. That's Jill St. John. Missy Cratchit. Really? Yeah. Okay. Ooh, Connie Cavendish. Is it Jack Nestle or Nestle? Mm, good question. They both sound wonderful. <laughs> fat gentleman. How do you like to put that on your that resume? Gentleman. Oh, fat gentleman. Yeah. There you go. Thin gentleman. And Caroline. Yeah. The Mitchell. Who was Caroline? Uh, is that maybe what they were calling fam- or, or oh, uh, no, Fred's the wife. Fred's Fred's wife, wife or fiance? Yes. yes. Not that Glenn Miller. <laughs> I'm assuming Not that Oscar Yerk. <laughs> <laughs> and the end. The end. You know, it's interesting. I think it would have. It would have lacked some not having the the narrator mm-hmm. in this particular version. Oh, absolutely. Usually it doesn't, but in this version it does. Yeah, no, because well, because of everything that they cut out, you had to have those those moments that kind of stitched it together. Yes. And the narrator was important. And then as far as finding someone to narrate, how can you go wrong with Vincent Price? Oh, goodness. I mean, <laughs> you have, Mr. Price, you have my attention. I don't <laughs> care what you're saying. You know, I'm well, going to stop and listen. Yeah. It's so different to hear him telling a happy story, mm. um, you know, or at least a happy a story that ends happily <laughs> as opposed to, you know, House on Haunted Hill and, oh, gosh, all the other things that we've already watched. Yeah. Yeah, we that yeah, this is I think the third film that we've seen Vincent Price in. We saw him in mm-hmm. Shock and The Last Man on Earth. Yes. And then of course listen to him yes. on the radio show of Shock. Yes. So, so technically the fourth time that he's shown up in our podcast. But he's uh you never get tired of him. It's so again, it's so difficult to talk over him yeah. <laughs> because you just want to hear what he's <laughs> saying, no matter what it I'm is. I'm <laughs> so sorry he passed away before books on tape became a thing. Ugh, yes. Wouldn't it have been awesome to have oh, something you know book on tape as read by vincent price oh man yeah <laughs> that would have been phenomenal hey well i was gonna say uh a, you can't put it down but i guess you just you couldn't stop listening <laughs> you couldn't hit pause or stop <laughs> no. uh no that was a fun one i mean um for for what it was for what had to be done i think it was a lot of fun i agree it's and obviously we're uh we're recording this for our christmas 
option or <laughs> what am i trying to say here episode? our christmas episode thank you <laughs> and uh it just seemed like a good time to do something that give you a little taste of some differences yeah exactly and that, that this was a fun thing i mean i've been wanting to do some sort of uh commentary i've had the idea of us doing something like this uh for at least four years of the five years yes. that we've been doing this show. <laughs> I'm so glad we finally did it. I think this worked out really well, certainly for these two, uh, these two pieces. Yes, I agree. Well, I guess that is going to do it then. Lydia, thank you very much. Thank you. And Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, you do the same. And a Merry Christmas <laughs> and Happy Holidays to everyone who was l- listening. I just before I go, I just want to remind you: if you want to send any holiday wishes our way, you can do it at by sending to orphanentertainment at gmail dot com or join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook dot com and search for Orphan Entertainment, and of course check out orphanentertainment dot com and uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, which is where of course you can see these films. You can either see these films uh, while listening to the podcast, or I'm going to go ahead and try to stitch our comments of it onto those films. And post those there as well, so you can you have your choice, but you don't get all the extra stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you're getting the whole episode. But that is going to do it. So we will be back in the uh, the new year, I guess twenty eighteen. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> uh, we will be back in January with another fun episode, and I hope you're with us. And so, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we will talk to you then, everyone. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.